Hallelujah. Can you hear me? Haggai chapter 1. Let's start reading from verse 2 says that thus speak the Lord, that speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, These people say the time has not come. The time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came to came by Haggai the prophet, saying, It is time for is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this house lie in ruins. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you are not, you don't have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but you are not warm. And you earn wages. And, and he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag of holes. Thus says the Lord, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build a temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We started talking about the wisdom of building God a house. Amen. Amen. If God is the God of the heavens and the earth, if God created the heavens and the earth, then would God need us to build him a house? Can he not build himself a house? If God really wanted the whole world to be saved, I think the easiest way for the whole world to be saved is God parting the skies and showing us his face and closing it. How many agree that everybody will be convinced that there is a God? We won't have any arguments. Hallelujah. But for some reason, God has chosen that he would work with us to build his house. Amen. For some reason, God has chosen that he needs you and he needs me to build his house. And last week, we saw the reason why the house of God is very, very important. Amen. I told you last week that the law of first mention is very important. Anytime you see something appear the first time in the Bible, it's, it's something that is important. God, it tells you what it's meant for. Amen. When you see man mentioned in the Bible in Genesis chapter 1, it tells you what man is meant for. Let us make man in our own image and let him have what? So man is supposed to have dominion. Are you with me? So as soon as man is mentioned, the law of first mention, what man stands for is... And then when he says, that let us, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a help whom meet. So the woman was made. So the first mention of a woman is what? To be a helper to the man. It's not to be another competitor to the man. Uh, I'm not making sense. So the law of first mention is very important. And the law of first mention is also important when the house of God is, is mentioned the first time. And we saw it in uh, Genesis 28. How many remember? When Jacob, let's, let's look at it. I'm not going to read it, just... Look at it quickly. So, Genesis 20, we started from verse 12, isn't it? He dreamed a dream, and a ladder was set upon uh, the earth, whose top reached the heavens, and the angels were ascending and descending. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac, and the land in which you lie is, 
I'll give to your descendants. Then he goes on, and the verse 16 says that, and Jacob awoke from his sleep, and he said, surely the Lord was in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid. And he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than what? The house of God. So the first mention of the house of God, it tells us what the house of God represents. Amen. That the house of God, the first thing we talked about last week was the meeting place between divinity and humanity. Amen. It's a place where human beings interact with God beings. Amen. The house of God is a place where the purpose of God for man is also established. Amen. He said to Jacob, I am going to make your descendants great. You are not just a mere man running away from your brother, but you are somebody that I am going to use to fulfill the promise I made to your father Abraham. Am I talking to somebody? And, and he said that he said that the, like the stars of the heavens, like the sun on the seashore, that's how your descendants will be. And it was only when he came to that place, he thought he was a fugitive. He thought he was running away from his brother. But when he came to lie in the house of God, his purpose was revealed to him. Amen. When we come to the house of God, the purpose of God for our lives is revealed to us. Sometimes we, are, we sleep through the process. <laughs> I don't know whether you understood what I said. Sometimes we sleep through the process, so we, don't, we, don't, we are not conscious. You see, Jacob was asleep when God was talking. Hello? Are you seeing the picture? He was not conscious, but he heard everything. Sometimes we come to church and we are asleep when God is talking. Unfortunately, we don't wake up. We never wake up. <laughs> because we live here, go out, still asleep, and then Satan shows us a picture and we believe that picture. And we never think that the picture that was revealed to us from the word of God in the house of God represents us. But you see, he was, the reality was that he was running away from his brother. His brother wanted to kill him. He had stolen from his brother. That was the reality. But when he woke up, after he had had an encounter with a God man, he said that, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And the thing that God has said, I'm going to hold you to, 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 to I see it. So he poured oil on the, on the stone. And he says that when I, the Lord takes me and he brings me back safely, I will build God a house here. And everything that he gives me, I will give him a tenth of it. So it means that he didn't sleep through the process. He woke up and he was very conscious of what had been said about his life. What has been said about him. Are we conscious about the things that have been said to us about our lives when we come to the house of God? Or do we sleep through the process? The way you are quiet, I don't know whether you are asleep or you are awake. Hello? Am I talking to somebody? He says the house of God is the place where the oil stands. The oil that was poured, it stands for the anointing, isn't it? The house of God must be a place that is marked by the anointing from the time you enter to the time you leave. The anointing makes the difference. Otherwise, it's just an assembly hall. Otherwise, it's just a room. Are you with me? But the oil makes the difference. The oil makes the difference. That is what it demarcates this area. And it makes this place sanctified. It makes this place 
actually the house of God. Amen. So let us not take it for granted. Hallelujah. I said, let us not take it for granted. Earlier on, I said that God needs you and needs me to build. In Romans, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, the Bible says that for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God which he has given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let everyone take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So God needs you and I to build his house. Never be in the house of God and be a partaker of the house and not a contributor to the house. Can I say that again? Never be in the house of God and all you do is to take from the house and not contribute. It's okay to come in as a partaker. But as time goes on, you have to become a contributor. Amen. When we are born as children, we are partakers of the house that we come from. So you partake, if the house is a poor house, you partake of the poverty of the house. Isn't it? If it's a very, very rich house, you are a partaker of the wealth of the house. You don't contribute anything. You just, you just partake. You know, some children have accommodation problems. From birth. They have landlord chasing them. And they can't even say, ah. Already landlord, landlord is coming. Say, you have two days to leave. They are partakers of the misfortune of the house. Are you with me? There are some people to when they come, as soon as they, they come out of their mother's room, they own mansions. And they haven't even opened their eyes yet, but they own a lot of properties and wealth. Uh, it, before they come, the bedroom is painted. There is a, what do you call it, baby court and everything. And welcome, 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 welcome. They can't even read, but they've got welcome there for him or her. They have, they have lights, that light show. They are lying the baby thing and they are seeing lights dribbling on the ceiling and everything. Somebody is born inside the sand. As he comes, his, his worms and uh, cockroaches are visiting him. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the, as the child grows and it goes to a certain point in time, the child is expected, that, or the man, is, uh, the child is expected to contribute sometimes just by sweeping or cleaning, by doing something to add to the growth of the, of the house. You are not just there to just enjoy, 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 and go. Hallelujah. At a point, you've got to add to the house. The problem we have these days is that we have become a very uh, selfish generation, and all it's about us. All we want is what we can get. So when we are not getting what we, we, we can get, we get upset and we leave. Go to a place where we start the process again, where we are just being fed being fed, being looked after, where we are not getting it, then we go to another place. So you see, a lot of these days, Christians hop from one church. The average Christian has been to about four or five churches, have served under five or six pastors, and never did anything, never contributed anything to the house. Hallelujah. 
It's very rare to see somebody walk through the door and the first thing they do is to start serving. It's, a, it's very rare. It doesn't happen all the time. But a lot of times we come with what we expect. Amen. But for you, it's not so. Amen. I said, for you, it's not so. Amen. It's time to add to the building. Amen. I said, it's time to add to the building. And I said to you last week that the building is not just the, the physical structure. It's not just the people you bring. But you yourself, you are part of the building of God, the house of God. How many remember First Peter? Is it 2.5? It says that you yourselves, you are a living stone. How many remember that? First Peter 2.5. It says that, and you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Amen. So it is not just uh, the, the building or bringing people into the house of God that is part of the building. But you yourselves, you are being used as a building. Amen. You are being built up. A spiritual house. So allow yourself to be built up. Amen. Amen. Allow yourself to grow. When, when, when the, the sower, the Bible says the sower went to sow, some fell upon uh, different types of, of, of grounds and the one that fell upon the stony ground the thorny the, the ground the, the, as the seed came out the chokers choke the seed and it could not yield. Sometimes we allow chokers to choke the good seed that has been placed in us. Amen. We don't allow ourselves to grow because we are more concentrated on the chokers the curse of this world, the pleasures of sin, we allow it to choke the right spirit within us. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Listen, what you are hearing, you'll be judged by it. Can I say it again? You'll be judged by the things you are hearing. So don't hear and just become gross. You know what? Gross, stiff naked. You know when the, 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 the Bible says the neck that's often rebuked and it will not yield. It's suddenly chopped off. Are, are you getting it? I'm hearing, but I won't change. I'm hearing, but I won't grow. I'm not going to do anything. Have you seen a child? You, are, you take the child to the bath. Say, I won't bath. I won't brush my teeth. Well, brush my teeth. They are forcing the brush. In. I won't allow it. Don't, 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 don't be like that. Oh. <laughs> Mercy. Don't, don't be like that. Hallelujah. Amen. I said don't be like that. Amen. When you hear the word of God, yield. It's part of the building. When a stone, when you are building a, a house, you use blocks, isn't it, or bricks. When a brick is put here, there's a reason why they put you here. So stay here. Are you, th- are you with me? Don't remove yourself and go, no, 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 I don't like this side of the wall. I want to be at the f- front part. I don't want to be in the side. So you move yourself and go and be here. You don't fit there. It's not anybody's intention to put you here. But the master builder 
decided that for you and the way you are, the best place to fit is here, not there. Are you with me? So if he has placed you here, whatsoever things your hands find to do, do it with all your heart. For there is neither work nor device in the grave whither so thou goest. Are you with me? So here is where you have found yourself. Here is where God has placed you. Here is where God has destined for you to stay. So stay attached and function. See, it, it, it's very, very, it's very common that people are here, but they are, their heart is there. It's a very common thing. My prophet is far away. But, but, but see, that is, that is Satan's plan of making you ineffective. Are you with me? Because you are here, but your heart is there. And somebody is also there, but their heart is here. So you are not functioning here. They are also not functioning there. Guess what? This place is not increasing. That place is not increasing. Are, are you with me? And, and it's like that everywhere. You see, I, I, I'm here, but me, I'm listening to this person. I'm here, but my, I give tithe to this person. I'm here, but my pastor is here. I'm here, but my, my prophet is here. I am here, but the... No, no, you can't do that. Because when you do that, you become ineffective. Are, are you getting on? You, you're not allowing yourself to be built. You are not allowing as a living stone. He says that I'm, I'm building you as a royal priesthood for me. And for you to become a royal priesthood, you have to be a priest in a place. You are not a priest everywhere. Mm. Mm. Do, do, you, do you get it? Uh, like uh, 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 Michael was saying uh, on Friday, that if you have influence, you are influencing the small geographical location. You are the president. You are the president of a small country. Do you understand? You're not the president of the world. So when you go to another place, we don't, your words don't mean anything. Your word is law here, but it doesn't mean that your word is law there. Are you with me? And when you are made a priest, you are made a priest in the house. So if you are made a priest in that house and you are functioning here, you'll be ineffective. Because the best place for you to be is there. Are you with me? If you are made a priest here, then function here. I made a priest here, but I want to go and fashion there. It doesn't work. How many understand what I'm trying to say? And that's Satan's plot to make us ineffective. N- makes the church ineffective. Makes you ineffective. Am I making sense? Because you, you, are, you are here, but you belong there. They are also there, but they belong here. And it's like all the churches are becoming so weak because we have pretenders. I'm here, but I don't really, I'm, I'm not. Have you seen a footballer who supports another team? <laughs> I am playing for, for Arsenal, but I support Man U. So the day Man U and Arsenal are playing, and, and, and it's the final for the, for the uh, thing, they, they, will say, they will just run and then they will say, I can't play anymore. <laughs> Or they will, they will see a goal that they have to score for the final for the win. They will throw it away. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, are you getting it? it? It sounds funny, but you see, it is not very, it is not very good for you to be here, but your heart is somewhere. Because you despise everything that happens here. Because you love, the Bible says, can you serve two masters and not love one and hate the other? Are you getting you hate definitely you despise 
this place because you love that place. Because you never see any good here. You all see the good from because your heart is there. Am I talking to somebody? If you are from here and you find yourself here for whatever reason, forget about there. Come here. Let your heart be here and go because it's all the kingdom. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you live here and you find yourself there, forget about here and go and function there because it's about the kingdom. Am I talking to somebody? Otherwise, we would be ineffective. A lot of Christians are crisscrossing different places and, and you can't become easily offended and you become offensive. <laughs> yeah, because you, when you, you're offended, you're offensive. And you see, because you, you don't like, you become critical. And when you become critical, you're easily offended. Yeah, and you easily offend because your body posture is even offensive and you don't even know it. Have you not seen a footballer who doesn't want to be in a team? And they are being forced to and be in a team. And they, are, they, are not, they don't want to be released. Have you seen how offensive they are? They are very offensive because it's like they don't give their heart. And everybody can see that you are not giving your best. Let me move on quickly. Before some people capture my message. No, I'm not talking about football, I beg you. Amen. Amen. So we started talking about the reasons, or let me start talking today. I'll give you one reason why we must help to build the house of God. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 15. I have six more minutes, so. Jeremiah 33, verse 15 to 17. The Bible says that in those days, at this time, I will cause to grow up to David, a branch of righteousness. He shall execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell safely. And this is the name by which she will be called. For thus says the Lord, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. Hallelujah. This is God talking so many years after David had died. More than 400 years after David had died. This is what God is saying about David. Let's see why God is saying this about David. Because David is not the first king. David has not been the only one who has ruled uh, uh, Israel. But why is God still talking that David shall not lack a man who will sit on the throne of the house of Israel? When after him, we had uh, Jeroboam, Rehoboam, and all those, uh, uh, Solomon, and all the others come and go. First Chronicles 17. First Chronicles 17 from verse 10, the Bible says that since the time that, this is God talking to, talking to the, the, the prophet Nathan about David. He says that since the time that I commanded the judges to be over my people, Israel, also, I will subdue all your enemies. And furthermore, I will tell you that the Lord will build you a house. Amen. See, the story was that David was living in his paneled house. And then he said to himself, why is it that I stay in a house built with wood, beautiful, 
and the house of God still dwells in tents. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start building God a very fine house. And he called the prophet Nathan and told Nathan that I want to build God a house. And the prophet said that go and build. Do anything that is in your heart. God has placed in your heart because nobody takes it upon themselves to build a house of God unless God has put that desire in them. So if it is your desire, then it is God that has put it there. So go and do it. But in the night, God told the prophet that, listen, this guy has too much blood in his hand. So I will not let him build. But the intention alone that he says that he will build me a house is something that I have acknowledged. Because sometimes it is not what you do, but the motive. Are you with me? God judges by motives. Not even by what you do. Because sometimes you do the wrong thing, but the motive behind it is right. And God marks it as righteousness. Sometimes you do the right thing, but the intention is wrong. And God marks it as a sin. I, I have preached mo- motives in this church before. One day I'll preach it again. Mo- but motives are very, very important. The heart with which or the mind behind whatever you do is very, very important. Amen. So let's read our next verse. And it shall be when your days are fulfilled, when you must go to be with your fathers, that I will set up your seed after you, who will, who will be of your son, your sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build me a house, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. And I will not take my mercy away from him as I took it from him who was before you. Hallelujah. Are you with me? And and 400 years on, he's telling Jeremiah that I haven't forgotten the promise I made to David to build my house. See, anytime you build God a house, he builds you a house. And I said to you that God always gives you more than seven times what you give him. Amen. So anytime you help to build the house of God, God just comes into the scene. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and every other thing will be added to you. Amen. Amen. Listen, when we build God a house, we are not doing him a favor. <laughs> we are doing ourselves and our generation yet unborn. A great favor. Amen. I said to you that there are three things you must do. Always make sure that before you check out out of this earth, number one, build God a physical house. Physical house. And I told you that it's not as expensive as you think. Sometimes you can't build with money. In a place like this, you need millions. Are Are you getting in, a, in a, some part of the world, even two, three thousand, four thousand will build a house, a building, church building. Whatever it is, let's build God a house physically. Number two, let's allow God to build us spiritually because we are part of the building. Amen. He's working on us. When, wherever he places us, be there and function. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? Contribute your best to the house. And a house like this is just a building, but when we come together, that will become the house of God. So build God a house by adding more people 
adding more people, inviting more people, going out, making sure that people come in. And when they come, they are comfortable. Because when they come, you, we all serve them. That's what building God ha- God's house is. A- am I talking to somebody? Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So, three things. Build, build God physically a house. Build God spiritually a house. Add to the building of God's house. Contribute financially. Contribute emotionally. Contribute with your time. Contribute with your effort, your energy. Whatever it is that it takes. Give. Amen. It's, a, it's amazing how we give to other things. But when it comes to the house of God, we are reluctant to give. It's very, very, very amazing. And because we don't want to give and we don't want to feel guilty, we accuse the church and the men of God as thieves. So that appeases our conscience for not giving. How many understand what I'm saying? Because as you are pointing fingers at the church and saying that they are stolen and they are eating your money, how much have you really contributed? That's a question you must ask yourself. How much have I really contributed? Amen. So let's, you see, when there is anything that we want to say, we are buying camera. And how much is a camera? Why can't one person get us out and buying two? It's not everything we must raise, uh, what do you call it, funds for. It, uh, for me, it's a very poor way of even doing church. Because we don't have the heart to give generously. Are you with me? I, I'm, I'm praying and hoping that people will come and say, Pastor, what, what's the next thing? I have money. I want to support the work of God. What's the next thing to do? Then I'll say, okay, wait, wait, I'll tell you. <laughs> How many can see it happening one day? Yeah. That is what helping to build the house of God is. Amen. And when we do that, God will never forget us. Trust me. God will never ever forget us. Amen. When we help to build. David, his, the Bible says, Jesus, when Jesus comes, he will sit on the throne of his father, David. And the only reason was that David said, I'm building God a house. That's all. And that qualified him to be a man after God's heart that God is saying that I will establish your throne forever. When you look at the flag of um, Israel, you see a star in the middle. That star is called the Star of David. His name will never be forgotten. There are other kings that have come. Some did much, much more than David as king of Israel. But they are not remembered as much as David is remembered just because he decided to build God a house. When you decide to build God a house, he will build you your house. 